Hello, and Shkelkatern is here back again, giving you a brief forecast of the next few coming days. And whoa, it's a doozy! Many of you are feeling a little bit of relief from that summer heat with that rain, but what I want to remind you is to be very careful of that lightning. It seems to have some anti-gravitational properties. Reports of trucks and pole lines starting to fly off are starting to float up everywhere. <laughs> Anyways, got a nice treat for you today. A two-parter. We'll just call this one a special as uh, the time dilations have not been kind on my signals. Bouncing back and forth a few times and I have no idea what day it is locally. And just a reminder, if you happen to come across a patch of ground that has nullified gravity on it, please report it to... Item number SCP-7150 Object Class Euclid Special Containment Procedures SCP-7150 is currently contained at Site PT-8. The infrastructure intended to compromise SCP-5171's containment solution is part of Project Euphrosine, which is currently being headed by Dr. SCP-7150 is contained in a special-purpose humanoid containment cell equipped with environmental controls, life support systems, subsystems for the maintenance of water and sewage, and the delivery of assets. Moreover, the cell has received several accessibility adaptations in consideration for SCP-7150's decreased mobility. Audiovisual surveillance equipment is currently maintained by the AI Camomilla. Considering SCP-7150's anomalous effects, their containment zone has been projected with a 15-meter radius exclusion zone. Only project personnel may have access to SCP-7150. The specialized psychophysical accommodations for the health and safety of purposes of SCP-7150 is currently conducted by a body of medical specialists involved with the project. Any interactions with SCP-7150 must be performed under constant audiovisual surveillance, including any pre-programmed or extraordinary activities. A sobriety coin is to be granted to SCP-7150 at every milestone of their alcoholism treatment. Any requests are to be provided at the discretion of the project manager in accordance with the safety regulations outlined in the project's memorandum. Insight PT-8's Internal Regiment as means of providing maintenance to SCP-7150's status as a deity and guaranteeing their continuous existence. Project Euphrosine has outlined a set of actions to promote and recognize their deific characteristics and qualities through a series of internal informational works as means of aiding their psychophysical recovery. Description SCP-7150 is a humanoid entity with the appearance of a humanoid female approximately 40 years of age. They currently weigh 65 kilograms and measure 180 centimeters in height. The entity identifies themselves as Tai Ki, 
and claims to be the Greek goddess of chance, fortune, and luck. In terms of mechanical metaphysics, it is currently understood that SCP-7150 functionally manipulates a type of paraphysical energy associated with causality and chance. The manipulation of this theorized resource effectively allows the entity to influence the rate of beneficial and detrimental probabilistic outcomes of a given target, including its own. However, in order to increase one subject's amount of paraphysical energy to increase the rate of fortunate events, it must be taken away from another subject, thereby increasing this target's rate of detrimental probabilistic outcomes. This ability appears to be constrained to a 10 meter radius around SCP-7150 regardless of any other factors. No specific Foundation-made paratechnologies currently in use is capable of inhibiting this ability, and it does not specifically concern the alteration of substantial characteristics of reality. Records indicate that the effect of SCP-7150 were reported around the year 2000, when it was observed abusing its anomalous capabilities in the city of Portugal. These effects caused the entire municipality to suffer from a higher than average amount of unfortunate events. It was later found out that SCP-7150 profited from the beneficial probabilistic outcomes, such as locating large sums of lost money, winning local lotteries and gambling games, and exceptional performance in several video games with luck-based mechanics. Although the impact of these events was entirely negligible, as they were limited or misplaced or lost items, poor weather or slightly weakened economic performance of commercial sector in the metropolitan area. These effects of SCP-7150 greatly increase in both numerosity and intensity over time. By the year 2005, crime rates in the metropolitan area began to rise, notably forms of theft, including industrial theft and property damage. By the year 2008, the municipality began suffering disproportionately from the onset of economic recession, resulting in greater monetary and property losses. By the year 2010, the municipality government began having several troubles maintaining the public infrastructure of the municipality. Several cases of structural failure and other related incidences sharply increased, causing a huge demand for public services such as civil defense, hospitals, and police, which the local authorities couldn't handle. By the year 2013, both private and public structures began exhibiting serious signs of damage, especially with electrical wiring, plumbing, and structural stability. Analysis indicate that these were caused by extremely unlikely eventualities. By the year 2015, the municipality began suffering an extraordinary number of natural disasters, including health hazards such as highly infectious diseases. When SCP-7150 was finally contained in 2017, the municipality's total population had shrank down to one-seventh of its original size. Both private and public infrastructure were in serious disrepair. All large-scale employers had left the town, and few businesses remained, and were barely functioning. The effects of investments and other such interventions only began to affect the municipality after SCP-7150 was transported outside of its geographical area to a containment facility. Before their containment, however, SCP-7150 managed to evade capture for over a decade via a series of unfortunate mishappenings. 
Containment efforts were continuously frustrated due to numerous reasons such as sudden critical component failures of Foundation assets, the interruption of operations due to unexpected events, human error, and unpredictability of SCP-7150's actions due to a near-constant state of inebriation. Abridged Log of Containment Attempts, SCP-7150 Site, PT-8 Date, February 9th, 2007 Planned Course of Action SCP-7150 was to be apprehended whilst they were walking on the sidewalk by driving up to them in an unmarked van and pulling them in. Results SCP-7150 was approached whilst they were on a walk down a hill. The van pulled up as planned, but the vehicle's brakes failed to engage, causing the vehicle to pass the entity as it was uncontrollably driven down the hill. It only stopped after causing a rear-end collision with another car. When first responders arrived to the scene, Foundation personnel had suffered minor injuries. Intervening police forces apprehended the task force on charges of illegal possession of weapons, conducting a vehicle without a permit, damage to the public and private property, and two counts of willful endangerment, as personnel had been caught without their seatbelts on. SCP-7150 observed the scene for several seconds before resuming their walk. Remarks This was the first attempt to apprehend SCP-7150. Foundation personnel were released and all the public records of the event were erased. Inspection of the vehicle revealed that the brake line snapped due to a lack of maintenance. Date April 3rd, 2008 Plan Course of Action SCP-7150 was to be apprehended by Foundation personnel posing as local law enforcement officers. Result SCP-7150 was successfully apprehended in a restaurant under charges of theft. Whilst they were being conducted, three actual law enforcement agents arrived in the establishment for dinner and identified the Foundation personnel as imposters. During the confrontation, SCP-7150, who was notably intoxicated, managed to free themselves from their handcuffs and staggered out of the establishment. Sergeant who had kept watch in case of SCP-7150's escape, tailed SCP-7150 until they staggered, tripped over a trash can by accident, and split the contents all over the sidewalk. Sergeant who wasn't paying attention to the debris, ended up slipping on a banana peel and falling on his back. Civilians at the scene called first responders and didn't let move first without receiving medical assistance. SCP-7150 managed to escape, stumbling across the streets. Remarks Records indicate a group of criminals were posing as police officers to kidnap people and force them to withdraw money from their accounts. Foundation personnel were not apprehended. November 23rd, 2010 Planned Course of Action The Germanophone branch of the Foundation suggests that SCP-7150 could be engaged and request to voluntarily enter containment via negotiations. An officer of MTF DE-10 bluffened was asked to assist in this situation. Result Agent approached SCP-7150 as they exited a local supermarket. SCP-7150 greeted the officer, and they shook hands. 
When they were about to exit the area, the underside of SCP-7150's grocery bags ripped, and the contents spilled all over the ground. When they squatted down to collect the item, a gunshot was heard. Agent who had moved in front of SCP-7150 after the spill in attempts to assist in collecting the scattered groceries, was hit in the chest by a sniper round. SCP-7150 panicked and ran away to the other civilians at the scene. Foundation personnel extracted Agent from the scene and transported him to get urgent medical care. Personnel couldn't locate SCP-7150 amongst the civilian populace. Remarks Foundation officers tracked down the assailant, who turned out to be a GOC operative tasked with the elimination of SCP-7150 after they had recognized as a major para-threat. Unfortunately, the GOC operative was found dead in his home, evidence suggesting that he had committed suicide shortly after the arrival of the Foundation officers. Accusations that the Foundation has historically promoted an aggressive doctrine with policies against GOC forces, as well as the allegations that, once again, the Foundation has assassinated GOC operatives in retaliation or due to their apparent classification as GOCs as a terrorist organization by the Foundation. The GOC was provided with a complete criminal and medical legal report evaluating the situation, as well as the body of the operator perfectly conserved. SCP-7150 was contained on July 25, 2017. According to surveillance records, SCP-7150 operated a vehicle whilst apparently extremely inebriated. The dangerous driving caused them to be pursued by police forces for several minutes. The pursuit only ended when their vehicle collided with another vehicle whilst the driver exhibited similar reckless behavior. Foundation forces embedded in the first response units arrived at the scene shortly after the accident. Despite the grievous injuries that SCP-7150 suffered, they were rescued alive from the wreckage and transported to Site PT-8, where they were allocated to the on-site Medical Department Urgent and Emergency Care Unit. Surgical intervention managed to stabilize SCP-7150's health. The psychophysical treatments employed for the recovery of SCP-7150 managed to rehabilitate their health with minor difficulties, although their physical health could not be completely restored. SCP-7150 will require the use of a cane for walking. Containment procedures have been developed and are constantly evolving through SCP-7150's stay at Site PT-8 as means of reducing the chance and factors which befell them during the initial months in containment, such as the development of allergies and consequent food poisoning, the unintended involvement in minor containment breaches and information breaches, the latter of which caused SCP-7150 being capable of continuously guessing the correct password to connect to the site's Wi-Fi. Oh, dang it, where's that second tape? None of these things have labels. <laughs> Item number, SCP-1384. Object class, Euclid. 
Special Containment Procedures The original entrance to the tunnel containing SCP-1384 is sealed with concrete to prevent civilian access. A new shaft has been dug under the pretense of a public works project. The tunnel must be accessed and SCP-1384 interacted with at least once a week by personnel familiar with Document 1384-1. All interactions must be recorded and studied afterwards by Foundation analysis teams. Personnel are forbidden to ask or offer anything to SCP-1384 outside of the cleared testing procedures. This includes seemingly innocuous or abstract things such as the time or one's name. See Incident 1384-2. Description SCP-1384 is a sapient entity with a variable appearance. It typically appears as a human or human-shaped construct ranging from 1.5 to 2 meters in height. It has also appeared at other times to be made of materials ranging from porcelain to bone to white plastic. Its changes take form instantaneously upon being viewed. SCP-1384 was found inside a tunnel 60 meters under a church in Durness, Scotland. The tunnel is approximately 16 kilometers long by 3 meters across and constructed by a singular piece of marble with 3 meter thick walls and a ceiling. Notably, true marble is not naturally occurring in the British Isles. The method and date in which the tunnel was constructed are currently unknown, but artifacts found inside date to at least the 12th century. The floor is tiled with colored squares of white, yellow, black, blue, and orange variety. Each square is 50 centimeters across. Artifacts in the cave include carved stone, chalk, weapons, a chessboard, and numerous chess pieces, checker pieces, and carved wooden soldiers. As of March 14, 2011, SCP-1384 is 1.2 kilometers from the entrance of the tunnel, on an orange square. It is unable to move from the square unless certain circumstances are met. See document 1384-1. SCP-1384 is able to alter reality, though apparently only in response to certain stimuli. It claims to be under certain rules that govern its abilities and behavior, but refuses to divulge these rules. It is otherwise cooperative in general, though it seems to prefer some people over others. For reasons unknown, it prefers researchers to agents. All attempts to force SCP-1384 to move from the square it occupies or injure it have no effect. The squares can be damaged, but return to an undamaged condition as soon as SCP-1384 moves to a new square. Its ultimate goal is to reach the entrance of the hallway and leave. It is aware that the Foundation seeks to contain it, and is therefore unwilling to tell researchers the rules it operates under. SCP-1384 was discovered after the death of Father... His successor discovered the shaft leading to the entrance of the tunnel containing SCP-1384. He contacted his superiors in the church, who ultimately contacted the Foundation through Fisher Protocols. Incident Report 1384-2 Dr. Howick had the following exchange with SCP-1384. Dr. Howick What's your name? 
SCP-1384. Ah, well, there's a trouble there. You couldn't say it. Couldn't even really hear it. Not to have spoken rightly. Say, can you give me your name? Certainly. Dr. Hoek. Ah, thanks for that. Shortly after the exchange, everyone that entered the hallway became aware that the entity was named Dr. Hoek. The original researcher was no longer able to respond to that name, and people who knew him were temporarily unable to think of him by that name. The entity expressed a degree of regret, as it could not relinquish the name, citing its rules. Several days later, the situation was resolved by the phrase of Dr. Ho saying to researcher, I name you Dr. Hoek. The effect on Dr. Hoek was no longer evident, though the entity is still known by that name by whoever enters the hallway. Interview Log 1384-1 Dr. Ho Who are you? SCP-1384 Ah, I couldn't tell you that. Jimmy. I don't think, on the one hand, I'd tell you too much. But I'd be more than you know. The less you know, the better my position. Why is it better? You're like the old man. I can see it right off. Want to keep me in this hallway? Just like he did? And didn't he do better than his predecessors? No. I gave him too much of a hint. And look where it got me. I'm actually two steps behind where he found me. Not again, but I'll let you try. Why don't you just walk out? Well, that's the rules, you know. If I could just walk out, I'd have done it a year and an age ago. But without rules, well, where would we be? Wouldn't know where any of us were. Not really. It doesn't seem fair if we don't know the rules. Not my fault either. Look, I have to strip up every advantage I can get. Who trapped you here? It was my own side, actually. Got me out of a tighter spot than this. If you can credit it. Sometimes you have to play the sacrifice, you know? And why are you telling me this? You're just a pawn, really. And I'm a big softy at heart. Besides, while I'll get out eventually if you lot leave, I'm willing to bet you won't be as clever as the old man. You can try to keep me here, but I think you'll get me out of here even sooner. Call it our little game. Okay, Skellicaturn is here. I can't remember, was this one two or three parts? I guess I'll just put these together and call it a day. Document. 1384-1 Rules currently known or suspected to govern the behavior of SCP-1384 Rule 1 
SCP-1384 is able to treat abstract concepts of having real existence. See Incident SCP-1384-2. Rule number two. SCP-1384 is able to take a step forward if it is left alone for 13 days. Initial containment procedures were focused on not approaching SCP-1384, on the theory that it would be unable to advance without interaction. Cameras watching it showed it move 13 days after its last interaction. When questioned, SCP-1384 said, I told you, I'd get out eventually without you. It'll take a while, of course, but you can't just leave me be. I'm on the home stretch now. The bones will roll, you know. Rule number three. SCP-1384 is able to affect the passage of time for individuals. Several statues were found half a kilometer farther back in the tunnel. When examined more carefully, they appeared to be flesh-and-bone humans in clothing appropriate for 19th century. When asked about them, SCP-1384 responded, They asked me for the time of day. I gave them the time of day 60 years from now. Ought to be a nice one. I think they'll like it. Rule number four. SCP-1384 cannot acknowledge anyone or anything that is predominantly yellow. Dr. Ho entered wearing a yellow rain slicker. SCP-1384 refused to acknowledge his presence until he removed it. Further experiments with maize, yellow paper, and pencils had the same effect on SCP-1384, ignoring all these objects except as they are related to other non-yellow objects. For example, he can acknowledge the pencil as a researcher writes with it, but ignores it when presented with it directly. When asked why, it responds as follows. Well, it's a crosswise, you see, which means it's not at all friendly. Not to me anyways. But we can't help where we sit, right? Researchers painted the floor ahead of SCP-1384 yellow. However, the paint vanished the next time SCP-1384 made a move. Rule number five. SCP-1384 is able to take a step forward if certain people cross its shadow while walking in a clockwise direction. Dr. Ho was performing a careful inspection of SCP-1384's form when he walked around it. SCP-1384 stepped forward into a black square. It did not step forward when he crossed the other direction. But when he moved clockwise again, it stepped forward onto a blue square. SCP-1384 did not explain the significance. Note, Agent Faraday had previously stepped across SCP-1384's shadow without incident. It refused to explain the significance of Dr. Ho walking across its shadow. Rule number six, SCP-1384 steps one square to the right when given a coin. Dr. Ho was looking through the contents of his pocket when he found a piece of paper. SCP-1384 watched him fish several coins out of his pocket and asked if it could have one. Dr. Ho decided, after some decision with the surface team, that it was worth testing. He handed it a subway token. 
and immediately took a step to the right. Further coins given to it have resulted in right steps, until it reached the wall, at which point it stopped. SCP-1384 is able to create or summon some objects upon request. Researcher Dr. Hoek was interacting with SCP-1384 as part of normal containment protocols, and asked if it would like to play a game to pass the time. SCP-1384 waved its hands, and a table with a chessboard appeared in front of him. Researcher Dr. Hoek played several games with it. He asked if he could take the chessboard with him, to which SCP-1384 agreed. The chess set was made of a cardboard chessboard with wooden pieces. They were apparently hand-carved. The chessboard had no manufacturing markings. Researcher Dr. Hoek reported that SCP-1384 had an adequate understanding of the rules, but is not a truly proficient player, showing an unwillingness to sacrifice his pawns. Rule number 8. SCP-1384 is forced to take a step back when certain people enter the hallway. When Agent Lachner reported for duty, SCP-1384 stepped back from its previous position, back to a black square. However, when she tried to re-enter, SCP-1384 said, Already used your turn, love. Agent Lachner was able to enter two more times in the next two days, each time driving SCP-1384 back. However, it ceased working shortly after. Further attempts had no effect on SCP-1384. Rule number 9. SCP-1384 is unable to step onto a yellow square. Researcher Dr. Hoek inadvertently stepped clockwise across SCP-1384's shadow. SCP-1384 started to step forward, but stopped halfway, and returned to its original position, saying, Blast. Could have been a bad one, Pat. Well, I'll get to the other side eventually. Rule number 10. SCP-1384 is unable to change forms at will. The trigger for these changes is currently unknown. Researcher Dr. Hoek asked SCP-1384 if it could change again after it assumed the form of a skeleton. It replied, Sorry, lad. It's this or nothing for a bit. It's a rum card, for sure, but we'll pass it again in a bit. And with little luck, you'll like me a bit better. Rule number 11. SCP-1384 is able to send people elsewhere, or possibly to destroy them. A D-Class personnel was brought in for testing of SCP-1384's indestructibility. It was given a knife and told to attempt to cut SCP-1384's arm, which it attempted to several times with no effect. The following exchange took place. SCP-1384 Not that I mind much, but what's it trying to carve me up? D-5350 They told me to cut you. Uh, Dr. Hoek, I think. I get to go if I do what they tell me. Well, I do understand that. I'd get out myself if I could. Of course, I'd walk out eventually. Wish I could just up and get out of here. Do you? As you like. 
D-5350 vanished. When Dr. Ho asked if the D-Class was dead or if it could be brought back, SCP-1384 responded, I didn't kill him. He just went back to the start. I might be able to bring him back if you ask, but he probably wouldn't like that. Neither would he. He'll be back on his own eventually. If I bring him back right now, I can tell you I won't get him right. That piece of information is for free, and I get no advantage from that deal. Shortly afterwards, a pattern of tiles changed, and now contained red tiles, as well as the original colors. Rule number 12. SCP-1384 is unable to touch any person. This was previously assumed to be a rule, as SCP-1384 suspiciously avoided any direct contact with any person. However, when Agent Barnes held out his hand, SCP-1384 accepted it and shook. When it was asked, it said, Oh, I was just being polite. You know. I don't just up and prod people. I do have manners. I'm not prick, you know. Actions SCP-1384 is able to or compelled to perform, but which the trigger is unknown. Step to the left. Step forward when no one crosses its shadow. Step back when Agent Lachner isn't present. Give gifts of chestnuts or bronze knives. Remove its own head. Change form. Know things that it could not learn from conversations that have taken place inside the tunnel. Current events, current events, cultural relevancies, hobbies, interests of researchers and agents assigned to it. When Dr. Ho was about to tell it that it had been given a reference number, it correctly guessed that the number would end in a four.